This show is brought to you by the North Face. Now, the North Face have been my sponsors for the last eight or nine years, and I'm really proud to be involved with this fantastic outdoor brand. Now, they've been in the outdoor industry for over 50 years, and they are the premier supplier of authentic, innovative, and technologically advanced exploration apparel. For your footwear, equipment, accessories, they've got the best stuff. Now, their lightweight and weather-resistant flight series running gear is my absolute favorite. So, if if you're into trail running, if you're into desert running, if you're into just exploring our mountains, then these, this is the go-to gear. And it's designed to endure, engineered to help you through the heat, through heavy downpours, or whatever else comes your way so that you can run no matter what, every day, any weather, any terrain, and never stop exploring. If you'd like to check out their whole range, go to thenorthface.co.nz. <laughs> Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the podcast that gets deep into the psyche of extraordinary achievers across all genres, cutting to the chase to unlock the secrets of their success, their achievement, philosophies, and motivations. Join us in the quest to find out what makes the movers and shakers of our world tick and what gems and wisdom we can learn from them. Now, over to your host, Lisa Tamati. Well, hi, everybody. It's Lisa Tamani here at Pushing the Limits, and welcome back once again. I love having you guys show up every week and listen to my podcast. It really means the world to me. So, and today I've got a real special treat for you. I've got actually one of my best buddies. Um, she was actually uh, maid of honor at my wedding and organized my whole wedding for me, and um, <laughs> her and her husband, Richard, absolutely amazing people. Um, and this lady is sitting all the way in Tonga, would you believe? Yep. And welcome to the show, Kushla Young. Kushla, nice, to, you. nice to see you, mate. Haven't seen nice you for a while. Nice to see you too. I know, I've missed you. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, thank yeah. God for Skype. Thank God for technology. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, I wanted to talk about a little bit on today's show, everyone. Um, Kushla came to one of my seminars and ended up coming to my retreats and being coached mm-hmm. um, and that whole running journey that you went on. And yeah. um, and then we became Quite best Quite a few buddies. years ago. Yeah, it is. It is a few years yeah. ago now, isn't it? Yeah. So tell us is. a little bit about your, you know, your running journey because most people know sure. it. <laughs> All right. Um, so I think it was probably about seven or eight years ago. Um, I started running half marathons um, with very little coaching or training or even understanding of how to run a half marathon. Um, and I think I may run maybe three by the time we met. And I was going to City Fitness and being trained there to try and fix a collapse instep, which was causing issues with my running. And so I, you were running a seminar at City Fitness, and my bestie, Katja, and I went along, and she was my running buddy at the time, and we went along. And I think my sister actually came too. And you were talking about your, I think you're off on another adventure. At, at that stage, yep. <laughs> yeah, and we watched some of your videos, and I remember all three of us kind of crying partway through and laughing. So there was lots of, you know, snot and tears, which is, if anyone knows Lisa, is actually what most of the conversations <laughs> look like. <laughs> and toilet problems. <laughs> exactly, we always go. And so then, um, and it was just really inspiring. And I think after that, I booked a retreat, and we went, that was uh, weekend ones. And then I think pretty much I begged Lisa to, let me help on the next one because I had so much fun. <laughs> so right. I, I became her runaround girl uh, along with your mum. Yeah. And uh, and Hazley, who was there as well. Um, and, and Neil, I think, was like at that one. 
Yeah. And then we really got into serious training. So I think at that point I started doing full marathons. I, I did two of those. Um, so my running journey is, is yeah, it's been for a, quite a quite a while, but um, quite a process with injuries and issues, and <laughs> as most um, journeys like these are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But you you like you um, you're always really tough in the mind, and and you, you know you won't mind me saying this, but you know neither you or I are natural athletes. Um, no, we've had to not work at all. very bloody hard, and I love yep. <laughs> I actually love working with um, other people that, that that don't have it easy. They aren't you know exactly. the super speed speedy talented ones because it's more yep. of an interesting journey. Then um, absolutely, yeah. And, you and get I remember to see... that first running weekend we did. How many, um, we did an introduction, uh, uh, you know, you go around the circle, everyone introduces themselves. And I did exactly what everyone else was doing, which was pretty much saying, well, I'm not really a runner, but, <laughs> you know, I've run two mar- half marathons. And then on the next retreat that I went to as your helper, I um I was reformed and I said um, I am a runner. <laughs> and you helped the and other ladies know, reform. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know that I got any faster or um I was definitely stronger, but I don't you know it wasn't about speed. It's not about being anywhere near the front of the pack. Um, it was just literally about about running and and what it did for um my self confidence and what it did for my body and yeah. and my outlook on life. Yeah, and you carry that around with you to this day. But the reason, yeah, you, like, absolutely. <laughs> and, and Kushla, you know, ended up being a, a very good buddy. And and as mm-hmm. I said, um, I'll just touch briefly on a lovely story that I have to share about Kushla. Now, Kushla is a teacher, by the way, and she's got a master's yeah. in English. For, for goodness' sake, yeah, I, I know. Don't, I don't know what you do. What you <laughs> very do. Very useful. It's very <laughs> useful for me when I can't I'm write still something. Still working it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and you're a brilliant teacher. Um, oh, thank you. But the, um, the the story that sticks out of my mind is when my, my mum was in hospital with her aneurysm in terribly bad mm-hmm. shape and we'd just got back to New Plymouth. She'd been in there for a couple of months and your mum was upstairs in the other ward and she'd just broken she her was. leg in three places or something horrific. Really badly. Yeah. Really, really badly. And, um, yeah. and I remember you popping down and me saying, you know, what do we do with these mothers of ours, you know? <laughs> Terrible state of affairs, and I was yeah. worried at that stage because Mum wasn't able to shower. We weren't able to shower here, and I couldn't work out how to wash her hair. And I knew that uh-huh. she would have, even though she wasn't really aware of anything at that stage. I knew that if she was with it, she'd want her hair washed and things. Absolutely, yeah. And I remember you and Richard turning up the next morning <laughs> with a process, with a big bowl and a and a and a way yeah. to do it in the hospital bed. And, yep. Um, yep. You kindly washed my mum's hair, and R- Richard. Richard really blew me away. Actually, I mean, you, I, I could have, you know, imagined being so so sweet and lovely, but that Richard got right in there and he helped out. You know, this is a big blue, burly bloke, and he's washing my mum's hair and making her feel yeah. really good. And you know, yeah, and it was just such a it was sweet su- thing. It was a privilege to be able to do it. We'd, um, I think, on the same morning, I'd gone and washed my mum's hair, and hers was a bit easier to wash because. You know, she just had the broken foot. She was yeah. able to still lift herself up. Yeah. Um, but she was bedridden too, so we couldn't get her physically out of bed. So we had to kind of wiggle her bottom up towards the top of the bed and hang her head over. Yeah. Um, and then I remember us think, talking about it in the lift on the way up to you, thinking, 
how on earth are we going to get Isabel to... Because she couldn't move to, anything. You know, she couldn't move. She was, yeah. But Completely. no, we, we sorted it, didn't we? We did, we did, we did. Yeah. And it was, um, it was just one of those touching moments, a little story that I wanted to share with the listeners. You know, these yeah. little wee... Com- little wee compassionate moments that um, mm-hmm. friends do for you that really make such a big difference. Yeah. And then, of course, later on when I got into hyperbaric oxygen therapy, well, Richard was a, mm-hmm. what do you call him, a pressure en- engineer, eh? So something like that. Uh, we're not actually he's very, he he's very technically good anyway. He's just and handy. He, he came and sorted out the whole hyperbaric thing for me, which was yeah, yeah. absolutely awesome too and got me set up. And look up. at your mum now. And now now she's she's um, awesome. And I've just now left her. Now she's driving, I hear. Yeah, she's got a license. <laughs> she's fantastic. She's she's doing That's everything. amazing. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I said to her just before um, that, you know, you're almost back to normal except that everything is a lot more effort. So she yeah. can do everything yeah. that she was doing before, but it exhausts her much more. So still things like, yeah. you know, putting on your, your socks or your shoes as a, as a mission or going to the loo yeah. or, you know, all of those things take yeah. so much more effort than they do for a normal person, but she can actually do them all now, so which is oh. fantastic. But the real I reason know. I wanted Amazing to get... <laughs> sorry, Chris. I wanted to get Chris on the, on the phone today and on this podcast today was because... Kush has gone and done something absolutely mad this year that I just thought was so gutsy and ballsy that it just really epitomizes the, um, you know, carpe diem and, and seize the day. Yeah. And when an opportunity comes your way, let's jump in and take it. So uh, take it over there from there, Kush, and tell us what you've done right. this year. So last October, um, we were, Richard and I were both at home in New Plymouth. Um, we both have jobs. I have an amazing job at an amazing school that I love. Um, Richard was enjoying his job, but he was maybe looking at a bit of a change, you know, but he was in that kind of um, state of um, thinking about what he was going to do next. Um, And it wasn't that we were thinking about any kind of move at all or any change. We love our life in New Plymouth. Um, We love our friends and being close to family. But anyway, it was just a Tuesday evening, and our friends that live here in Tonga called us up and very casually said... uh, why don't you pack up your dog, rent out your house, and come on over and manage the second resort that they'd bought that year? <laughs> and we went, we both went silent for quite a while. I think I swore at them, um, <laughs> and and I think that I immediately actually just went, nah, nah, we that there's no way. Uh, you know, you start to think about all the things that are not going to work. Um, you know how how much of a hassle it would be to we've got a mortgage we've you know both got jobs we've we do have a dog um, and then just that you know is it worth uprooting our lives for a year um, to do all of that uh, we we're not here to make a lot of money um, at all yep um, it's it's we're okay the opposite, but really yeah this isn't this is not a um, let's make a whole lot of money and be here and and so just over the next probably it took me about a month to make up my mind and then things just started to fall into place a little bit I I got my head around it and thought, actually, you know, a mortgage is just a mortgage and there are ways around that. Um, you know, the, the <laughs> dog can travel, she can come with us. Uh, and, and it was really, I, I approached my work and they were just fantastic. Uh, they've given me a year's unpaid leave. So kind of like a sabbatical. Yep. I've been with them, um, I've been teaching for 10 years and I didn't really need a break. But a break's definitely uh, always a good it. thing. Yeah, yeah, it's always a good thing, particularly when you're teaching. Uh, so all of a sudden, things just fell into place, and we found ourselves saying, "Okay, we're off." Um, and I think it is also 
Uh, and we can touch on this a little bit too, Lise, because um, I know that you're quite open about your fertility yeah, um, issues. Absolutely. I have them too, so yes. we don't have kids. No. Um, and I think when you don't have kids, and perhaps that's something, um, for us it was something we wanted and tried for 11 years. Yeah. Um, and at 40 I decided, nah, that's enough for me, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. And I think when you don't have kids, you've got to make your own lives Um You've got to find. You've got to be a bit more active in finding joy, perhaps. Yes. Um, in life, because you, you know, that that was just not an option for us, and so that actually, in in a way, allows us to be able to go and do these crazy things. Um, not that if you had kids, you couldn't do this either. Yeah. But um, it's definitely a little bit easier. Um, to, for sure. to drop everything and come on over. So that was kind of our our decision. We can't. We thought we can't not. Up, not say yes to come over because opportunities um, like this i mean everyone sort of fantasizes <laughs> about you know like we all we all sit in our you know offices or wherever we're working or schools or <laughs> in our daily yeah. grind and go oh my god i'd love to sit on a tropical island for a year and just chill the hell out you know like just unplug get off yeah. the grid and, and go yeah. and live in paradise for a year um but you actually did it <laughs> i know <laughs> but but how does the reality compare to the fantasy that we all uh-huh. have of the white sand yeah. beach and the beautiful blue waters? And that is the reality uh-huh. of where you are living. It is gorgeous. Yeah. But that is gorgeous. what's the other side? Yes. There's okay, so the other side, side is that we have a very busy resort to run. So uh, we, we have um, 12 bungalows that are right by the sea here. Um, it's, so the reality of living here is it's very, very isolated. So we're not on the mainland in Tonga. We're in a, on an island group called Harpai and on an island called Foa. So to give you an idea of the town size that's about 15 kilometres away from us, it is probably about the size of, I'm wanting to say Rahutu. So <laughs> tiny, tiny, tiny little town. It's got, uh, it doesn't have a supermarket. The only shop that's there is like a, a cross between a $2 shop and a um, bad dairy, <laughs> bad dairy. expired food in it and everything's processed and everything's grotty. Oh, um, so the reality is that we do pretty long hours. So we get up at uh, quarter to seven every morning and we go to bed when the last guest decides they, they want to go to bed. Right. So those days are, can be pretty long. Um, we have started to get regular days off one a week. Um, but up until wow. about yeah, up until about a month ago, I think we were sitting on about four days off. Um, so it's yeah, it's so it's intense. There's no re- there's intense. no replacement for you, and and you've never run a resort yeah. before. You've never, never cooked. You've never been a chef. No, you've never. Oh, oh, yeah, so I've, I've got to run a, res- a restaurant as well. There's no yeah. chef here. We've got we've got a staff here that can. I've got one one lady here that's an amazing cook. She won't let me call her a chef, but she is. Um, and then you've got from there you've got various skill level um, down to you know ladies that really just can wash dishes, which is needed, but um, doesn't help. Can't serve, boil an egg. You know, Eighteen people <laughs> in a restaurant. So, and we've changed the lunch menu, the breakfast menu, the dinner menu since I've been here. So everything's new. And the other thing, given that there's no supermarket, everything comes from overseas. So from New Zealand. So you've wow. got to really plan about two months ahead of yourself. Crikey. You've got to think about, yeah, what food you're going to need in the next two months and plan your menus and um, and your supply of goods 
um, that far in advance. So it comes so in on a ship and you've got to, you yeah. know, like can you get fresh fruit and vegetables then? That must be a hell of get, a drama. Yeah, you can get f- some fresh fruit. Uh, so papaya is um, just on site here, coconuts. Um, you can get, sometimes you can get watermelon. You can definitely get bananas. But that's about it, really. Um, everything else is shipped in from the mainland, from Tongatapu, or from New Zealand. So Hapai, uh, Vo is a very small island, and a lot of the locals here are just self-sufficient. So they grow for the for themselves and for their families. They don't wow. grow to sell their vegetables. And it's very much those root vegetables like yams and taro, tapioca, yep. um, kumara, you know, those kind of goods. So... Wow, it's like stepping back into the 1940s then, isn't it, really? It is. Yeah, self, um, you know, looking after yourself pretty much, or at least the people on the island mostly are um, providing for themselves, building their own Mm -hmm. places to live. Yep. Yeah, completely yeah, isolated yeah. from the outside world. I mean, you've got internet, mm-hmm. obviously, because we wouldn't be talking yes. otherwise. But yeah, but how big is the island? Oh, it would be about eighteen kilometres long, um, and I would say at its widest, maybe a kilometre. I'm looking at Richard, just seeing if he's going to nod at me. Um, yeah, kilometer. about kilometre wide, and um, and the entire of Harpai, which is made up of a, about forty six islands, I think, is about eight thousand people. In total, wow. Wow. and we're only on one of those little islands, so it is um, it is pretty small. You're at the and end of the world. Just, <laughs> I know. And little things like uh, if you um, want to, you can't just pop to Mitre Ten if something breaks. Um, no. We've got one fridge blew up. We've got one freezer's not working. Um, you can't just replace those things. That takes months of shipping, and and Crikey. it's costly. So um, yeah, that puts a bit of pressure on on things and also you just got to think about your use of resources here even water um, water is um, all rainwater here is what we drink and and we wash from so even that you've got to preserve and think about really carefully wow and that when you've got guests and of course guests are always expecting you know especially when they come to a <laughs> tropical island they're expecting you know the top yep. service and the top uh how the hell does that work because <laughs> i can imagine well, you having mm-hmm. some disasters like i remember once you said that yeah. the shipment of uh, fruit and veggies that was meant to arrive came out as mush <laughs> oh basically it was like one big green smoothie it was disgusting <laughs> it was horrible and there went and we'd your been waiting menu. for those for two weeks two weeks and then went your menu for the next few weeks oh my yeah, gosh oh, i was frozen so you get re- you get really creative at um at making the most out of frozen veg um, yeah. Well, I do expect so a just... great meal when you come home. Or... <laughs> <laughs> I might be sick of cooking by then. I've, I've, I've joked to my friends that they won't be getting anything probably for a year because <laughs> I would have done my dash at cooking. I don't know. Um, I've seen those Instagram posts where it's all about the plating. You've learned how to plate properly. I've gotten a bit obsessed. <laughs> I suppose you've got to have I mean, something you to keep you. have a lot of fun with the guests and uh, they, they come. It's really interesting because they come with different – um, perspectives on life and different backgrounds and often they all arrive and they are stressed out or just either from the travel from where they've come um, from or or from their lives back at home and it's really fascinating watching over about three days I reckon it takes most people just to start chilling out so the first couple of days you've just got to be really weary when they turn up that they're not all going to be um you know, easygoing and having fun and on holiday, and yep. it's, it's actually the transition, the opposite. 
yeah yeah that, that can be quite um you know a little bit uptight or just trying to de-stress and you, you just and you, watch your shoulders just lower as they get over the over the first few days i think it you know like when i go to a new place it doesn't matter how cool the place is it takes me well it takes me a few days to get over the jet lag but it also takes me a little bit to get into the culture of wherever i'm at for that Absolutely. to become the new normal and i can imagine when yeah. you come from a hectic you know city lifestyle and some big office building or something like that or a shops mm. or whatever and traffic and chaos and stuff and then you're planted on an island where nothing's happening <laughs> which is exactly what you asked for but could yeah, be quite yeah. confronting is like oh, my, oh yeah. my god I've got nothing here you know like what do I do Absolutely. with myself until you yeah. find yourself and, and all of a sudden they're, they're left um, probably with a lot of their own time and, and a lot of their own thoughts and having to kind of work out what on earth they're going to do so we do we do see people sleep a lot in the first couple of days. I think they just need to um, ground themselves here. Some some get straight into the ocean and away they go, but a lot of people just take their time. Yep. Um, happy hour every night helps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no shortage of, of a bit of alcoholic uh, fun yeah. to be had. But yeah, I, I did joke with my friends that um, Richard and I were only going to um, drink on the weekends because we were worried if we came home having drunk every night, that we would be alcoholics. <laughs> and then my friend joked and said, but how will you know it's the weekend? <laughs> Very true. So you just have got yeah. your days long. But yeah. over there, I mean, you've got one of the best places in the world for swimming with the whales, correct? Yeah. Tell yeah, us a little do. bit about Humpback that. Whale. So humpback whale season is um, starts in mid-July, mm-hmm. goes through to mid-October. The whales here travel from Antarctica and come up um, to Tonga to have their babies, to make babies, have babies, and just to hang out. Um, so it's a great place to come. It's one of the only, there's a couple of places in the world where you can swim with humpback whales, and this is one of them. Fantastic. And so we send out four boats a day, mm-hmm. about eight people on each boat, and only four in the water at a time. And it's really about ecotourism here with the whales. So we say that the whales have to want to go people watching. Yeah, um, and they are, and they do. They're really curious uh, about people, and they just we we kind of we go for a lookout for the whales. We find one, see if they want us to hang around, and if they are happy with us there, then the four people will just slip quietly into the water um, with a guide and swim towards this massive, massive creature, wow. uh, which can take your breath away. Absolutely, take your breath away, and. What I love about the whale swimming is um, somebody described it once as whales having a mindful eye. Um, <laughs> so if you ever get a chance you know, for a whale to look at you, yep. um, they really have a deep mindful eye, and it just is amazing. And their brain um, must be their brains are huge. We oh, have no idea of yeah. what they're actually capable of. You know, like no, they're stuck you know, in they, this body that can't have, talk, um, but <laughs> they have a song. So they sing. Um, they all sing, and so the pods will have each whale pod. And they won't necessarily travel together in big pods of, um, but each one will have each group has a song, and it changes slightly every season that they come up. Wow! Here. Um, and it's their way of communicating. And the song um, is apparently that them and humans are the only ones that can kind of almost sing to those octaves. Um, wow! So yeah, with such complicated music. Um, and so, so that, that's the- how they. The whales were what really brought you to the island in the first place, hey? because you actually yeah. went up there on holiday a number of times. And I remember, you know, we I was planning on coming up. Trying to get you over? Before mum got sick, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. we never got there. But 
Um, it is one of my dreams to swim with the whales. I think it would be absolutely yeah. amazing. Quite, but a little bit frightening because they're huge. It is very frightening. Yeah, and and just going off a deep end, and you're in such clear blue water and yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, have you become a diver? I remember, um, yes, I did. I did my open water here. Um, so, yep, I can go. We, great diving here. I'll just tell you a story about the first time I ever went swimming with the whales. So I'm not a naturally outdoors adventurous person. So even though I'm here and I have now got my dive ticket, I think it is um, Richard's way of turning me into an adventure woman. <laughs> so it's only taken him 19 and a half, three quarters years to do that. But um, when I first went swimming with the whales, he said to me, here's a GoPro. He goes, I don't want you to take any footage, but I just want you to hold it and, uh, and just, you know, just whatever you get is fine. And so when we got back to the boat and back to the fale that evening, the funniest part of that was not the footage, it was the soundtrack that was um, it recorded. <laughs> so you just hear me slip into the water, and we're in deep water um, at this point, and I, and, and I remember being very freaked out, and all you can hear on the tape is me hyperventilating. <laughs> so basically you just hear me going, <laughs> and then you hear me just stop. Um because I've seen the whales and I just go breath, like my breath just stops, stops for about probably two minutes. And then all of a sudden you hear <laughs> as I'm making my way back to the boat. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. and, and you've fallen in love with the whales really, haven't you? And that yeah. whole, that whole underwater world that you're, that you're there for. Do you get much time to see it and do it now that you're ah. actually working there? Not really. No. no. <laughs> I, I describe it as being in a lolly shop and not being able to eat the lollies. Yeah. Bit. But um, yes and no. So basically we have to steal moments in the day and uh, and, and just go and enjoy this place. Uh, I think – and sometimes some days are easier to do that than others. Yeah. So we had a day off uh, just two days ago and Richard and I grabbed the kayaks and the dog, went across to a little island that's just off this one and just – hung out on the island um we went for a swim and and just kind of hung out and I think it's about taking and stealing those moments yeah. so occasionally there's chances of going out on the dive boat um Richard's just trained as a whale guide for this season so he'll get some time to go out on the whale boats and hopefully so will I yeah. um to be able to go and have a few swims mostly at the beginning and at the end of the season when there's less guests around um yeah, because you're pretty, so it's, pretty booked it's up. It's definitely a balance. It's a balance and making sure that you make the most of the opportunities that we get when we're here. What, um, what's been the scariest challenge for you? Like, you know, um, leaving your family, your house, your mm. life here, your, your jobs. Okay, you, you can come back to your job at least. But um, mm. what was the scariest thing that when you landed that first day on the island, what was your thoughts? I think it's just – it's always the – the unknown about whether or not you've made the right choice. Mm. Uh, I think that was the scariest thing for me. So I knew this place. I'd been here. It's not like I was coming into something completely unknown. But I've, as you say, I've never run a resort, never run a restaurant. Um, <laughs> and I was just, I think, just worried that perhaps I wouldn't um, I wouldn't be up to it. Yeah. Uh, was, was probably, a, a, when you're used to being really good at your job at yeah. home, um, that becomes a little bit part of your personality. So, you know, I'm quite driven and motivated to do a good job. And so I think what I did when I first got here was kind of went in, you know, blasted on in here like I'm going to be the best resort owner I've ever seen. <laughs> and actually what, I, what I've decided is that's actually not 
what's required of me this year. And, and it's probably not what I'm learning to do this year. I think this year is actually about um, just chilling out a little bit, just enjoying the experience and not um, getting all tied up in all the things we can't do here or, um, you know, we, we can't fix the fans because we have to wait for the fan shipment and that can stress you out because guests are complaining that the fan's making a clicking yeah. sound and then, you know, and then you don't have vegetables so that stresses you out because you can't, you know, what are you going to cook? Yeah. And, yeah. and actually, you know, most people don't notice a lot of those things when they come on holiday, the things that we were finding frustrating. So it was about changing that mindset and thinking, actually, I don't have to be the best resort manager the world has ever seen. Um, I think that I can just be me. <laughs> yep. and Do the best you can I, with the situation that you've got. And just do the best I can. And, and that's okay if it, if it means that, uh, yeah. What about the risk-taking um, side of it? You know, I mean, you jumped over a chasm and, and the risk, you know, like <laughs> – how did you face your fears to make that decision? You gave me a good analogy before. Share, share with me that yeah. story. So I was just talking about the mindset that we, we have here, and we probably got a bit tangled up a little while ago in in this whole space where you're not quite sure. Um, hang on, I've just got guests coming in, so I'm just going to call Richard. Um, <laughs> oh, no, wandering past. It's okay. See, see, T- always working. Um, <laughs> so um, I think – so, so the analogy was that uh, it was a grandfather talking to his grandson. And some of you might have heard this story before, but it really struck true with us um, for a little while. Grandson, um, grandson says to, uh, grandfather says to his grandson, there are two wolves that we have inside us. Um, one wolf is um, probably the bad wolf. They, it, it, it's anger, hate, um, you know, resentfulness, uh, fear. The, the good wolf is joy, you know, bravery, peace, love. And the grandson says, uh, and these two wolves are always fighting um, in, inside. And the grandson says, well, but granddad, which one wins? And he says, the one that you feed. That's and, beautiful. Yeah, and I think we really thought when you get tangled up in all the stresses of life, and we have them here. I yeah. mean, this place is, you know, you still have your bad days even though you live in paradise. Yeah. Um, and you just are a bit hotter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you can and go for so, a swim. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but it is about that. It's, it's about not um, not getting tangled up in all of the stuff that actually doesn't really matter. Um, you know, all of the trivialities that can really stress us out and worry us and, um, and freak us out. You know, actually that stuff is is not actually the most important thing at all. What what we've what we're learning to do this year is to focus a little bit on um, on the joy of being here, the joy of meeting people from different parts of the world, the the joy that I get when I cook a really good meal and everyone loves it. I mean that's pretty buzzy. Yeah. Um, hanging out together, like Richard and I hanging out together, um, is is pretty cool because we've had a lot of time apart. Um, apart. Yeah, with him being on the rigs with and stuff. His job. Yeah. Yep. yep. Exactly. Um, and, so you've and gone just finding. Sorry, yeah, you carry on. And just so, just feeding that joy. Um, so going out, we've just uh, we we just went out with the paddle boards before um, because we again stealing moments. We had an hour. Um, I had been scrubbing. By the way, just saying because everyone's going to go. Oh my goodness, you're complaining about having to go paddle boarding. Um, but no, I was just scrubbing before that. I was scrubbing resort walls. Yeah. So I was, I'd been scrubbing the walls down for a good three hours, and I was filthy. And so we we stole that moment. Um, to go paddle boarding and 
Uh, we're learning how to paddleboard. It's quite amusing for anyone who hasn't <laughs> tried it. You spend most of your time actually falling off the thing than you do standing on it. Um, and the waves are, are the swells up a bit here, uh, so it was even funnier. Uh, but it's about taking those moments and, and, and cherishing a bit of a laugh. them. So you know, the, yeah. the thing is, I you feel like you've gone halfway around the world to find that you can't escape yourself because you you took yourself no. with you. Uh, yeah. You can't escape stresses. Like we all have this fantasy of leaving all our stresses and worries behind um, and going yeah, off into somewhere. They follow you. And we live in our own they heads, do. don't they? <laughs> it doesn't I matter. Know. It doesn't matter what's going on. You'll still have those two wolves fighting yep. every day inside your head. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think learning I think to live with here, that. Here it's even – I've actually found it difficult too because you don't have – You'll know me, Lisa. I have a huge support system at home. I yes. have amazing friends, amazing family. I'm very social, um, and and that's my support um, system. Uh, so on those days where you are having a rubbish day, there's lots of people I can call up and go and have a flat white with, yeah. um, you know, and just talk about the woes <laughs> of the world and kind of come right. And you don't have that as much here. So I do have my friends that run the resort, but they're busy running resort and and a family. And and I don't want to necessarily like download yeah. on poor you know Nina every time I yeah. have a problem, and so and there is internet of course so I can Skype home but it's um, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yes. And and still I think the thing that I struggled with um, a little while ago was feeling a little bit like I had I was becoming not I was becoming somebody I wasn't but feeling like I was a little bit lost. Yep. Um, feeling like I didn't have that support system. So on those bad days, you kind of almost get more into the bad days. Uh, and I, and I, what I've learned here is to actively go for a walk or go for a swim. Like you've do got to just, you've got to do yourself. something. You've got to just do something positive and just change the record, yep. you know, just. I, I mean, yeah. I think that's a really like um the last few days or the last few weeks have been absolute manic in my life, and um yeah, I've been uh talk, you know like five or six days a week I'm traveling all over the country speaking yeah. to you know people all over the show, and and people think you know it must be easy you know you 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 know you love speaking and so I have to get myself into an absolute state to speak so it really yeah. takes it's a, it's a performance it's like being on a, in a musical show or whatever it is whatever you have to give your audience a hundred percent of you. When when you're up there mm-hmm. and you always want to do a good job. So you have to get into a certain state of, of hypeness of, of adrenaline, um, yep. rushing and nerves and, and all of this every single time. And exactly. so afterwards it takes me hours to wind back down. So I don't usually sleep yeah. very well. And then I've got to get up in the next day and go and do another one. And, and, and day after day after day, it can really wear you down. And, and I, I found myself just having little, just trying to find little moments, even if I could only, you know, run out of the hotel for 10 minutes and run run up and, and find a tree to look at, you know. <laughs> it got to that. Something different. Just yeah. find something, you know, when it, when in, in the breaks in between, just get outside and just, just grab nature. Literally yeah. grab nature and just go, yeah. I'm okay, I'm grounded. I can, you know, yeah. there's, there's a yeah. tree, look at the, 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 the leaves <laughs> swaying and, and, you know, and it's yeah. finding those little moments in your life, I think, just to go, <sighs> yeah. okay, okay, back when we, in we go, you know, um, uh, mm-hmm. in, in finding those little moments of balance, you know, whatever yeah. it is for you, your little rituals that give you that yeah. feeling of, 
you know, of safety, of coming back down when you've been yeah. out. You know, for you, sometimes it feels, you know, like uh, in our world, I think, in our lives, you know, we can get into a state of it's all a big battle, you know. Mm-hmm. And when I'm in a, in a negative space, I, that's my mindset, like I'm off into battle again, you know. Um, yeah, and that's yeah. a bad mindset to be in. So, I've, yeah. you know, I'm trying yeah. to change that round. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. You, you know, you're, you're ready to battle because, you know, when, you, when you've got uh, a thousand things coming at you and a hundred thousand people wanting something from you and, and you, you'd yeah. know exactly what I'm talking about, you know, it, it yeah. does very – it is quite hard yeah. to keep that nice zen. Yeah. <laughs> and I, fi- yeah, and I find um, – it's interesting because we have this with guests, you know, every day there's guests. So every yeah. night there's You've got to be I on. To and I have to be on and I have to be like, ah, hey, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and uh, you end up telling the same story that you've told. <laughs> Tell me about <laughs> it. You're here. Well, I'm here because, you know. Um, but what what I've learned about is just that, you know, that's the first time that they may have heard that story and that's the first time and, and that, that connection that you're making with that person is – way more important um, than probably a whole lot of other stuff that's going on in your head or a whole lot of to-do lists that you have in your head. Yep. Um, you know, having that just that moment to connect. Um, equally having moments to connect home. So, you know, I, I value Saturday and Sundays is when I Skype my families, you know, and yep. at home. Prioritising that and yep. actually saying, actually, you know, I don't need to. This is know, my mental well-being time this is, and finding this is that balance. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, yeah, and, and, and taking and reconnecting, that. Yeah. Yeah, with who I am. And I, I walk the dog, um, you know, the dog gets two walks a day. Um, lucky girl. <laughs> He's loving so it. She's she, loving it. <laughs> she loves it here. I can't, I'm not quite sure how we're going to get her home, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think she might uh, sabotage that. So, hang on a sec. I'll shut this door. Um, so, just having, um, you know, the, the two walks a day, I, I do the same beach part of the beach I know it so well and but off we go and I I use that chance to listen to audible books or podcasts Brilliant. um I listen to you Lisa but again it just reconnects me with um myself and and what's important um so when I come back I've got the energy to give to other people so if I if, you know if I wanted to recap some of the lessons that we've talked about throughout you know I mean this is just a storytelling you know this is yeah and these podcasts are storytelling people telling their stories of their lives of the mm. big challenges they undertook of the 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 journeys that they went through the things the tragedies whatever what yeah. do you think are the biggest like if you could name the, the top three biggest learnings of your dash and off to paradise <laughs> yeah uh, what would they be your top three um, they would be top three. Um, always remember who you are and you're still that person regardless of where you are. So, you know, you still have those people sitting behind you, supporting you. It doesn't matter that I'm not home. I've still got that support system. So it's reminding myself that I'm still who I am, um, that I can still act with dignity and integrity like I would at home, regardless of, of what's going on here with the the little trivial things that you have yeah. going on here. Um, so that would definitely be the first one. The second one is about mindset. You know, you choose every day you choose what you want to focus on, um, what your mindset's going to be for the day. And some days that choice is really hard because you feel like you're being pushed into a corner to, or that the, the choice is just hard, but actually it's a choice. So it, you choose to respond to something positively. 
some days are easier than others, yeah. and that's okay. And it and sometimes it takes then, a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it takes a few breaths. Um, and then the other thing is probably just to forgive yourself when you have those days that just haven't quite worked out um, like you thought they would or that you haven't focused on the things that you said you were going to focus on or, um, you know, perhaps you, you just haven't done the things that you thought you were going to get done that day. It's like be kind to yourself uh, because most of us are fairly motivated people. Um, Especially the listeners of of this podcast. (laughs) Exactly. Most of us know what it takes to train and to get out there. And, you know, I'm not running at the moment. um, And that is something that I am going to do again because I am a runner. Um, But at the moment, I haven't been. And I know why I haven't been. I'm still getting out there. I still paddleboard, swim, walk. You know, I'm still active. And that's okay. It's all right at the moment. Life Um, has, I think life. Life just, yeah. It has seasons, doesn't it? That come and go and you have to flow with the season that's presented in front of you. And sometimes... And so, yeah, yeah. it's like not expecting yourself to have to be superwoman all the time. You know, we, we, you know, there are days where I binge watch Netflix here if I have the internet (laughs) because, you know, it's a quiet day and I just need time away from the guests and that's okay. Um, It's not every day, but it's all okay to have those days where you just, you know, need to just chill out and just um, mong out pretty much (laughs) do something stupid (laughs) just you know yeah exactly just chill hey look Kushla this has been really awesome I hope that the the people listening have gleaned a couple of you know gems to take away from this conversation about you know jumping off the edge and taking a big risk and seizing the day carpe diem you definitely did that and life's too short not to isn't it You, you only get one this is it yep you know, this is this is it, and and I don't think that means that you have to load it up with such thing. You know, so many things on your to do list that you you lose sight of um, actually Actual living you know, connections and living. But this is it. This is the life, and if you if you don't take it, um, and you, you know, then you're missing out. Yeah, on, take the opportunities that do come. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Kusha, for your time today. And I hope everyone gets uh, something out of that. Um, Before we go, Kush, I've got to uh, do a little bit of an advert for uh, one of our running retreats uh, we've got coming up on the 25th and the 26th of August in Havelock North. Um, As an uh, uh, ex-helper and participant in one of these uh, retreats, this is a... uh, mixed, so guys and girls, not women just nice. this time. And we're going to be going through everything running, how to revolutionize your running training, basically, with uh, using our five uh, pillars system approach. Would you Would you recommend it, Kush? Far out. You just have to say sign yes. Up. Seriously. So I do. I will anyway. I, I think I'm probably, I, yeah, I advertise for you as much as I possibly can. It, it will change your running technique. It will change your running um your sustaining of your training, um, your knowledge of what to eat, um, how to stretch, how to get stronger, and just how to enjoy running again. I think so many times we get injuries and um, and feel like it's frustrating, and, and this will give you the tools um, so that it becomes a joy. That's it for this episode of Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tamati. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and share all this goodness with your networks so we can impact more lives with positive insights and inspiring conversations. And check us out online at www.lisatamati.co.nz.